0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie and Mark Bird is here. He's with Revive Ohio. Hello again.
1: Good day Angie.
0: We had a very compelling testimony last week. We were talking about when bad things happen to good people and this is a really Oh, this is a horse pill to swallow, I guess you might say. So let's continue with some more scriptures that might encourage our friends. And then we have yet another really fantastic testimony. I think that people forget that God loves us. Right. When hard things happen, when things that we don't understand happen, we automatically think he doesn't love us anymore because that's a human response.
1: Amen, it is. So
0: we talked about John ten ten, where we have an enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and then we have Jesus who wants to give us life and to the fullest. Yeah. But then how do you rectify in your mind that things happen?
1: Yeah, I just had this thought come into my mind. Angie, let's say you got a carload of family in a car and dad's driving and all of a sudden a car comes out of nowhere and T-bones you. Okay. Did that happen because that dad didn't love his kids?
0: Mm, that's You see a what good I'm good saying? Question. Yeah.
1: It didn't no, it wasn't because the dad didn't love you. It. it wasn't because the dad wouldn't have tried to steer away. They were blindsided by it. Mm. And, and the Bible describes it this way. It calls it a tribulation. And that's one of those long, multiple syllable words, right? But what is a tribulation, Angie? It's a trouble. It is. <laughs> Some it's versions trouble. Say trouble. It <laughs> is. It's a trial. It's a trouble. And a couple of scriptures we want to look at today. This is out of Romans first of all, Romans 5 verses 3 and 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. There's that word. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And it's interesting. We would never sign up for, well, hey, do you know that when you get this trouble in your life when this hits you well hold on because it's okay because it's going to produce perseverance in you we still wouldn't sign up for it angie
0: no i'm not signing up for (laughs) any of that exactly but i know it's going to happen because he's already told us it's going to happen so why is it we think that when we become a christian life's going to be so easy
1: i think what it is angie is it is helping us refocus on eternal things Mm. not temporary things Remember that, and in the midst of our trial, we never think that this is temporary, because sometimes you can't see the trees for the forest. It's Mm. like you're surrounded by this trouble, and it consumes us. It honestly does. Yeah, it
0: does. It consumes our focus, and I know that's part of the ploy of the enemy, is to get our focus off of God and His goodness.
1: That's right. So, So that's what it says, is that this particular trial or tribulation or trouble, as you describe, it's going to produce in us perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And what is the world so desperate for today, Angie? Hope. Yes. So listen, God's working all things together for good so that we can display hope to those people that are also going through it. Have you ever heard the statement, Angie, when someone says, man, I don't know how you would get through this without God.
0: I know, because I've gone through it.
1: Exactly right. And so you say that, and then you think about that. Well, are you willing to be the hope mm. in God right. for somebody else?
0: And here's the thing is, it is a really hard thing to go through. It's I don't even know if we would fully understand it, but... Don't you know that, and I know you've seen this before, when somebody's going through a really tough time or they've gone through a great tragedy, yet they still give God the glory, other people watch because that testimony speaks volumes. Exactly. And
1: that's where the hope comes from. It sure does, because that is, how are you able to get through that? How are you able to handle, with, handle that? How are you able to deal with that? I think
0: there's something about the love of God that gives us the comfort we need when we need it. So yeah. Just somehow or another, he walks us through step by step. It's like that footprints poem. He carries
1: us. He really does, which is going to lead us into the next scripture. And this is out of John chapter 16. This is Jesus' own words in red letters here. Verse 33, these things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world.
0: There's a lot in there. There
1: is (laughs) multiple things in that. But again, it's the perspective Mm, that I think Jesus is pointing out here. Listen, I've spoken to you because I want you to have peace. And in this life, in this world, you will have trials. You will have those troubles, but be of good cheer. Well, Who's really cheerful when they're in the midst of a trial?
0: No, we're not. No.
1: Right. But he said, I've overcome the world. And here's what's happening. Perspective change. Well, wait a minute. Why are you talking about the world right now when I've got something bad going on? Right. It's a perspective change. Mm. See what I'm saying?
0: And I love that he he says our peace is right there. That's it. It is available to us. And I can't explain it. All the time, Mark, but I know when you just fall into the lap of Jesus, there's peace.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking about this, Angie. He says, His peace passes all understanding.
0: So there you go. We don't understand it.
1: We don't understand (laughs) it, right? Because it's beyond comprehension. And here's what I love the second part of that. He says, It guards our hearts and our minds.
0: Mm, When you're in the
1: midst of a trial, do you need your heart and your mind guarded? I would say, for sure. Definitely for sure. And then listen, his peace that comes, which you can't explain, and it's going to pass all understanding because you can't explain it, but it's going to guard you.
0: But can we talk about that people really feel these mm. things? And you as a pastor, I know you've gone through this for oh, many yeah. years. How do we help people? You know they're feeling the feels, and we don't want to give them just some Christian rhetoric. We right. want to meet them where they are. That's it. That so is what do it. you say?
1: This is honestly what I would say. This is a perspective change too. And this is out of James chapter one, verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Again, it's perspective change. And Mm -hmm. here's what I've even had to do myself, Angie. And I remember I did this earlier today on a conference call. I was sharing with a brother that is struggling deeply. He said, I'm so dealing with fear i'm overcome with fear he said i've had covid and i still haven't fully recovered Mm. and he said i'm so dealing with fear how do i overcome this he asked several of us how do you guys overcome that fear well this is the same thing because when trials come what's tagged to it fear Fear. yes right and he's asking us how do you overcome fear? Well, listen, what he don't want is a scripture verse. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, here it is, like blah, blah, blah. No, what he wants is real answers. And this is the answer that I gave, Angie, and I'll say that for this too. Get with the Lord. Here's what I'm saying. What does the scripture say? Casts out fear. Perfect love. But how do you experience Perfect love. Get in his presence, because in his presence is the fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. That's why I went to James 1 here. Count it all joy. How can you count something joy when it's a trial or a trouble or a tribulation? Because in his presence is nothing but the fullness of joy.
0: Yeah, that that is... You see what I'm saying? So you draw <laughs> yeah. into that.
1: I can't explain it just like I can't explain peace to you, Angie. But the perfect peace.
0: Being in his presence changes people. We know it this. It does. And so getting into his presence, there's still going to be a time. Yeah. So let me give you a for instance. Okay. So I burned my finger and I you know, picked up a log that was <laughs> had a little bit of a burn spot on it. <laughs> yeah. And so I burned my finger, and I started to get a blister. And God told me some really amazing things about my blister, wow. which I didn't understand. But sometimes we have pain, mm. and you're going to feel the pain, and you're going to see the effects of the pain. Like, I can see this blister on my hand. But the good news is, that there's a healing process that goes on. There's a protection that's available.
1: That's it. And
0: like a friend was saying, that protection on your blister helps your body to heal itself. But it does take time. Right. So the pain is real. The feeling is real. But it takes time. And God is there doing what he does in a perfect godly system to heal us. And the only way to do that is to be able, like, I can't mess with my blister because if I do... And I'm breaking outside of that perfect system that he's created. So I would say, get with him because that's the perfect system.
1: Run to daddy. And that's really what I'm saying when I say worship, like run to the arms of the father. Because you're right. There's going to be pain and it's going to take some time.
0: And it's okay to feel the pain. It is. And it's okay to acknowledge the pain. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge the pain.
1: I totally agree. But
0: knowing that he's there to walk us through it, is at least something to cling on to, that his peace is available to us if we need it. That's it. And so this is teaching us a lot about the heart of the Father, and it is so different than our earthly perspective. And I think that is something that we really, speaking of perspective, we need to make sure that we're saying that we don't understand exactly how he works. We understand a lot of it because of his word, but... Man, there's still questions I have. Amen. Is that okay to have questions with God?
1: I think it is, because He wants to be our answer. Right. Right.
0: Wow. That's some some deep stuff. So it is. Can we talk about today's guest? Because it's a very special time. I think that we need to... Okay, so here was what, what you and I, when we were discussing how to get a guest for this particular subject, right? you know, Sarah's testimony last week was so good, but I wanted to hear from a father who lost a child Wow! and how the father walked him through that. So right. I'm really excited that today we have a really special guest. Ben Calhoun is the lead singer for Citizen Way, and he has gone through this. And his perspective is unique.
1: We talk about the scriptures a lot. We read about the scriptures a lot. We allow Jesus' word to speak to us. But here's how did this impact real lives? And how do Christians deal in a practical sense? How do we deal with things, bad things specifically, what we're talking about today? But what is it that good people have to go through bad things in this life And with us on the program today is Ben Calhoun from Citizen Way. We are so excited to have you come and share with us. Ben, welcome to the program.
2: Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm
1: honored. And so today, what we want to really touch on is, okay, yes, we've acknowledged that bad things do happen. And, man, they even happen to good God-fearing people. And we talked a little bit about why that is, but... Here's the most important part. In this series, we're talking about the heart of our Father. And what is our Father teaching us? What is our Father trying to show us? Why is He wanting to be with us as we go through these things? Ben, would you say that you have really gotten to know the heart of your Heavenly Father through this? Uh,
2: Absolutely. Uh, I think being a father is one of His most prized roles. One of my favorite Bible study teachers is Chuck Missler. He would say in his years of study, he's seen in Scripture that that one of the most jealous roles that God has is as a provider, Mm. Jehovah Jireh. You see it often displayed, in fact, in the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi says, you know, test me and see that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. You won't have enough room for it. Right. But again, I mean, hardship is, I, I think maybe the mindset has had to be shifted in me personally. I had to remember what Scripture says, and it says in this world you will have trouble, not might, maybe, or if you do certain things. It says you will have trouble. In fact, Christians are targets of the enemy, so you're oh, probably wow. going to have a lot more, especially if you're in leadership. So I think I had to adjust my thinking to realize and understand that I will be a target if I'm in ministry or if I'm a father, if I walk with the Lord Jesus or yeah. actually say his name publicly. Yes. Yeah. You will be a target. So you have to expect it. And then the question is, okay, that's a given. What do you do after that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> in the Bible, you know, and so that's really the question that I had to or that's the mindset shift that I had to have. And Romans eight says, you know, God works together, I was just reading this this morning, he works together all things for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And I was called, and I accepted the call, and I just I, I knew that that would come. No great you know Super Bowl team has ever had that ring on their finger without a lot of hardship and losses and love that. early mornings and late nights of practice. It's, I think it's foolish for Christians, honestly, to think that it's just going to be an easy-breezy, easy-believism kind of life as a follower of Jesus it's just not true. The, we await for those days in the new heaven and the new earth which is one of the things that we should look forward to. And then on this side of heaven the bible says John 10:10, 10, 10, you know, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but i've come to give you life abundantly no matter what the situation is. And that's honestly what makes us so attractive to people who are needing the truth of God's word who want what we have in jesus and you know we love because He first loved us first john 4 4 so i think it's something that god gave us after the fall which this is a product of hardship mm. and all yeah that he says you know what you chose this but i'm going to redeem it and show you how good i am just like a father would who would discipline their son or daughter right and says because i love you i have three daughters and girls why does daddy discipline you and they say because you love us and i say that's exactly right <laughs> because i want you to grow up and realize that there are things that will hurt you and may even kill you and you need to learn how to avoid them and that does mean i have to speak the truth to you in love and that might mean you might not like it and that might mean that you might hurt and the same idea goes for christians when god is in the process of redeeming us on this side of heaven while we are in the enemy's territory it's foolish for us to think that we can just skate through life as a christian and and just everything works and our bank accounts always full and we never die of cancer and we don't have any hardship at home when we never fight and we don't go through divorce and all that. It's just foolish. It's not real. And so those are the kind of things that I've learned having gone through those things and you know, having a miscarriage, one of them, realizing, oh my gosh, there has been so much blessing from that hardship. I would not exchange that ever because I know that the story that God is writing in mm-hmm. not just my life, because it's not about me, it's about his story and how I get to be a part of it. And about the story of the family of god the kingdom of heaven yet to come my losing our son is part of that and we will see him again and the amount amazing amount of people who have gone through that that we've been able to bless and turn their hearts to the lord and um and how it softened my heart as a father and how it's given me hope for the future i would never trade that so hardship has become a blessing just like paul says i rejoice in my sufferings for when i'm weak you are made strong i can see your power being displayed in my life so remember where the Bible says, count it all joy. And so I'm like, all right, how do I do that? Well, you start by just doing whatever you can today and letting tomorrow take care of itself, that God says in Matthew 6. And I'm like, you know, it's a mindset shift for me. That's what I've learned.
0: Can you give us a little bit of background about your son and the story? And I know in the moment, you know, these scriptures are great, but in the moment, it didn't feel that way, I'm sure.
2: Okay, the story goes like this. We were having another son, another baby. We found out, you know, we we're going to have a little boy and we were so excited. We wanted more kids. And woo-hoo. when we were surprised at the miscarriage, it was, we kind of knew I, the Lord prepared us in our hearts. We knew for about a week, something was wrong. Mm. And so the Lord kind of prepared for us. And we knew, I remember when I looked at my wife, right? When the doctor told us, I looked at her and we just knew and we went home and we just kind of for the next week or two, we you know, we had the baby. It was tough. My wife almost died in, in the delivery process, oh. even for a little baby that way. And wow. she turned white as a ghost and almost died from loss of blood. And yeah, I, I was face to face with death. And no, not ever. I'm just saying it was for me. I was never in a place where I wanted to curse God or anything. I was at complete and total peace. I just think the Lord made me that way he made me to look at these things as opportunities to see who he really is and so for me truly honestly it was never a you know give the bird to god it was never one of those things Uh, I in fact it made me lean in even harder there was um, I was supposed to go to Nashville to record our second album my wife said I want you to be here for this I don't know what's going to happen." And I was honestly being selfish, and I was like, man, but I'm supposed to go provide for my family. I'm supposed to do this record. The label needs me, and people need me. I've been called the music ministry, and, ah, you know, I'm giving up on the Lord, hmm. on his calling in my life. And that couldn't be further from the truth. My priority was my wife and our kids. And the Lord said, and quietly, I went out for a run just to cool off, and, and he's like, don't be an idiot. Cancel your trip. Stay home. Be with your wife, and do this together, wow. or you will lose her. Which one do you want? Hmm. And that was some really great, tough love. And I said, you know what? Heck, if I'm going to be disobedient, he's exactly right. The Holy Spirit was. And so I stayed home, canceled my trip. That's when we had the miscarriage. And I would have missed all of that and done permanent damage to my relationship with my wife had I not been there. And I shudder to even think about that. But no, losing our son is not the worst story me being disobedient would have been oh, wow. uh, And the story of, of, of then we buried him and gave him back to the Lord. We named him Jeremiah, Jaron, Jeremiah means God has lifted up and Jaron yes. to shout and to sing. So just like his dad, he's with Jesus shouting and singing on the other side. So we will see him. Thank the Lord. And, you know, death on this side of heaven is just a, a doorway to eternal life in Jesus name. So I remember I was going back, trying to get back to normal life in my head, you know, because i got to go back to trying to figure out how to, you know, provide for my family and all that kind of stuff. Being in Christian music is very difficult. Mm. <laughs> it, is not, it is not an easy road. Most people think it is. It is far from the truth. And if you're in ministry, you're constantly being attacked. If you want to talk about Jesus from stage, people do not like that. Right. I'm just telling you the truth. They don't like that. Nope. They want to hear the nice, fluffy, easy believism thing. And when you actually try to share Scripture and talk about things that are true— and not just God and hope and peace and love, they don't like that. That's at least what I found, because I don't always sing for people in the church. And it's amazing to me how many times the Lord continues to say, are you going to just get up and answer the call that was in your head when you went to that Petra concert when you were an eight? And then when your youth pastor asked you to read God's word when you were 13 for a whole year and not have a girlfriend until you met your wife, are you going to keep this call that I've had in your life? I will provide for you. I will find a way for you. Don't worry about it. So that was what I was going through. I was like, you know, taking time off the road. I'm like, I got to provide for my family. He's like, I will provide for you. I am the
1: yeah, provider. I right. am the
2: great father.
0: We forget that, that he am, is it. That's my
2: role. Yes. And so I had to learn that again. And I remember being, I was doing the dishes. Just, I remember the Holy Spirit said to me, it's okay. You can let go of him. I, I got him. Wow! wow. so that was, that that was after we had buried him, you know, and Mm. I just remember I never cried so hard in my life when we sang a couple weeks earlier, when we prayed that God would miraculously bring this baby to life. We knew we probably lost the baby. So we all touched mom's belly, me and the girls and and my wife, we sang Jesus loves me. And I just bawled my eyes out. My Mm. little five-year-old Savannah, she just finished the song by herself. And I'm just crying. You know, I rarely cry. My mom's a Norwegian. She taught me not to Mm. cry. (laughs) And, (laughs) very staunch up there, very, very, uh, you know, stoic. And, and, uh, I, I just bawled my eyes out and it felt like a big dam had broken, you know, that I was, cause I've been trying to hold up my family myself. I've been trying to prop them up and lift them up and take care of them, realizing like, who's taking care of me. Yeah. And when you're in public ministry, it's very lonely. And, my dad's a pastor, my mom's a musician. I grew up understanding that in, a, in some very unique and in hard ways, but good ways. And we have an amazing family, so I had a great support system. But I also remember the Holy Spirit just leading me to a verse that I'd read before many times, Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I totally was. I was just bottom of the barrel. And Actually, that was the catalyst that directed me to move my family to Nashville because I was going back and forth from Chicago to Nashville all the time. I said, you know what, I don't want to be gone from my family any more than I have to be. Where I'm in Nashville all the time, that's where I believe we should go, let's go. And we packed up and moved just five weeks later after wow. the miscarriage and said goodbye. I left my job. In fact, I lost my job there because we had to leave. And so I went out on another step of faith with no income, had to borrow money from my mom just to pay our taxes that year and, you know, on the road all the time it was just really hard. And I remember that's when I wrote when I'm with you. Mm. And then a a year or so later, I started this little song that was a lullaby for my girls. And see, we had just through the miscarriage and and through being in full-time ministry and business-wise changing and income-wise everything just kind of goes away and then all of a sudden you have to figure out how to provide for your family and we moved to Nashville starting over yet that was the thing that brought our family our nucleus my girls and my wife and I just so close together in this little tiny little apartment and you know my front my office was the front steps of the parking lot out in front of our apartment you know that's where I would make calls and write songs and whatever and that's all I had and I just remember thinking it's good to be obedience to the Lord, because I feel way at peace, more so than I did when I had a nice, steady income from the college that I worked at every two weeks.
0: That's something that we were talking about just a little bit earlier, was that we can't really explain it, because God calls it the peace that passes all understanding, right? So it's hard for us to explain to people who are going through it, that all they need to do is cling to God, and they get that peace, So I hear you saying this a couple of times that you had peace, but what did you do to receive that peace?
2: Well, for one, I I believed what it said from cover to cover. I was honest and said, you know what? This really sucks. What do we do now? Okay, let's lean into each other in my family and give it some time and see what happens. And I was never questioning my faith. That was never an issue for me. I, I think the Lord has just given me a that gift of childlike faith my whole life, my question has always been about how do I provide for my family? Money scares the pants off of me. And yet, it's the thing that motivates me at the same time. And so I saw how God provided for us with checks in the mail to the penny that we needed for bills that month when I didn't ask for anybody. When we were moving, well, this was great. When we were moving down to Nashville, it's 11 o'clock at night, and we're pulling into Nashville. We drove all day. I was in the U-Haul. My wife was behind me in the car with the kids. And there's a random guy that calls me on my phone, and he says, "Hey, are you Ben Calhoun? Yeah, I'm Ben. You know, I got a number from the guys from the band Unspoken. Got your number, and uh, they told me you're moving to town. Just wanted to know if I could help you move in. And it's raining, thunderstorm in Nashville at 11, almost midnight. He stayed till 5 a.m. helping me put up the girls' bunk beds.
1: So, uh, in the midst of this, receiving the bad news, you prayed and you asked God for a miracle, right? Because we know he can do it. He can do it. He can do that, right? And then talk us through a little bit about, you know, what does that look like? And then you didn't see that miracle happen.
2: Well, I got to see other ones happen. Yes. I got to see a the changing of my old hard heart kind of be gone. And I got to see my wife come to life in new ways, and some of her old fears were gone. And the end of the story actually was, was really amazing. So Through all that, we were scared to have another baby. We wanted more kids, but we ended up coming to the some amazing revelation when we went to the funeral of a friend of ours in California who died of cancer, left behind her four kids and her husband. She died. We just watched her die for the last few years. And Mm. all she wanted to do was have scripture read over her, sing the old hymns in her living room. And I had been sending her songs and, hey, here's a new one I wrote for you. I, I wrote a song called "Be Still" that I wrote for her and a song uh, that I've eventually is now called Love Has Won. And I'd never finished it, the chorus, but it started as a lullaby for my girls when I was just scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to figure out how to provide for my family. And we're going out and watching Carrie die. And finally she died. We went out to the funeral and she was so grateful to just have her family in the living room singing the old hymns and reading the book of Ecclesiastes over here. And I realized, you know, like, what do we have to fear? Why the heck am I so scared about, whatever. Hmm. She is dying of cancer, leaving behind her four kids and her husband. And she's so joyful. Her body's emaciated from cancer. They prayed for a miracle, but it didn't come. And you know what? She still gave glory to the Lord. Amen. What the heck do I have to complain about? Quit complaining, Ben. You know, like. And so I was like, you know what? Thank the Lord that he gave me a slap and said, wake up, buddy. Amen. I think we get coddled too much and realize, oh, God didn't do this and that. And like he did a long time ago. And the power of redemption is the fact that it takes time to work out. And on this side of heaven, the answer is yes, no, or wait.
1: Amen. That's true. It's not
2: a no reply message. It's a, <laughs> it's ever. not a I'm gone for vacation message. I'll be back. It's a, hey, this is an opportunity. Don't miss out on it. And so my wife came back from the funeral. She said, you know what? I've been scared all my life about how I'm going to die. Not that I'm going to die, because I know where I'm going. My salvation is in Jesus. Eternity is mine, and the new heaven and new earth when death is dead. But how I'm going to die, and how my body will die, and what will go through—that I'm scared about. She said, "I don't want to be scared about that anymore. If Carrie could go to her grave, leaving behind her family, then I can do the same." And she said, "Let's have another baby." And I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome. My wife has been freed from this fear. It's a real thing. I've watched her go through it for years. i have been married for 17 years. This fear is just..." Gone, wow. and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's because of love. First John chapter four, Amen. there is no fear in love, for perfect love drives out fear. And that was the evidence. It was me being obedient to believe what I had been reading from when I was a kid, and waiting on the Lord for Him to reveal, and that was the revelation. And then I wrote our song, "Love Has Won," and I realized, oh my gosh, that's it. Hallelujah, love is won. God is with us. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Though the battle rages on, Hallelujah, Amen. love Amen. is won. It might just be a battle until we die. Yes. In some way for us. And it's just the what we I, the people that I admire the most are the ones who go, you know what? Yeah, it is a battle. Praise the Lord, I get to be a part of it, and praise the Lord, he gets to use me. And they are the most ignited at peace Christians that I've ever met and I want to be like them. And so whatever the Lord brings me, I choose to count it all joy and say, You know what? You go ahead and use this because I could either suffer for it for the rest of my life and just wither away in depression and anxiety and fear and hopelessness and anger or I can let the Lord turn it into something beautiful. You got two options. And it was a rude awakening for me because I was just complaining and like oh there's never enough money or whatever and ministry is hard and all the while my wife's like I'm not afraid anymore. And I'm like I want to be like her, you know. <laughs> so yeah, God just it, it was awesome and I realized as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, I don't want to be a weak-minded person who just doesn't read the scriptures and doesn't believe them. I've been reading them since I was a kid. Yeah. All I had to do is believe what it says and wait on the Lord was one of them. And so, you know, and then we we said, all right, we, ha- we had another baby and we named her Liv because she did. And she brings so much joy to our life. And her middle name is Walker because of the steps of faith we took to have her. And, you know, the doctor said that uh, they couldn't find a heartbeat and that we wouldn't be able to have this child. And I knew immediately the Lord's like, Nope, that's not true. And I said to my wife in the, in a, in the hospital, I said, no, that's not true. Let's come back next week. Wow. And sure enough, there was a heartbeat. Amen. And so it takes time on this side of heaven. It takes time sometimes. And are we willing to be faithful and be Mm -hmm. expecting the Lord to use it, or are we just going to kind of cower in fear and lose an opportunity to see something really beautiful?
1: I've done both. (laughs) Only one of them works. Amen. Ben, if you had to sum it all up, what did you learn about the Father's heart for you specifically?
2: I think the best thing I've, I've learned has been through my earthly father, who ever since I was a kid, he was my coach. He's a pastor. He didn't have a dad. His dad was a drunk. And my dad learned how to be a dad by watching Andy Griffith. And he was a great dad. He still is. He's wow. call him for whatever. And I learned how to be a dad from watching my dad. And it brings me to tears sometimes thinking about kids who don't have fathers or people who are willing to just love on them. You know, being a father myself, I learned what a father looked like from my father. And so when I hear scriptures and read about our heavenly father who disciplines his kids or who loves his kids unconditionally, which means he's going to bring you through stuff because how do we appreciate the sun sign until after a thunderstorm? Sometimes you just have to be willing to go through that heartache. You don't appreciate it as much too. And he understands that in ways that we can't on this side of heaven. And so I just trust him. I trusted my dad when I was a kid. And he, you know, my dad was a pastor and I was an athlete and he would say, Ben, you can miss church if you want to, but if, if you can come back, even in your cleats and and just, you know, come in for the end of the service, if you can, no problem. It wasn't religion. It was a relationship. And that's what I learned that a relationship with my heavenly father looks a lot like my relationship with my earthly father. And so I think that's why I have such a heart for kids and for people who don't have families is because it's hard for, for them to understand what God really says, or what it means when he says, I will be your provider. I am your heavenly father. And so I think that's why so many people love that aspect. And I do too, is because we have an opportunity. I'm just thinking about the kids I've met on the road who have scars on their wrists and have taken their lives or wanted to. And they came to me and said, just because you love me and were willing to talk to me and shake my hand or give me a hug, Uh, I was going to kill myself. I I remember this one kid. She said, I heard your song on the radio this morning. I decided to come to the concert tonight. It was advertised. I heard you talk about your relationship with your family and your dad. I don't have one of those, but I want one. And I decided to give my life to the Lord for real. And I could see the scars on her wrist from her trying to take her life. And, Those are the things I think about. I I will meet Jesus face to face someday. I haven't yet, but I trust that someday he will lead me to the Father. I can't get there right now because it'll kill me. That's why, uh, you know, being in the presence of God in the Old Testament, Moses couldn't even do it. I mean, it'll kill you. It's like a nuclear bomb. So that's why he sends Jesus to be with us. And that's why he sends the Holy Spirit to be in us. And so every time we are decaying unto death because of sin, he's getting closer and closer. And that's what a father looks like. No matter what, they say, you know what? I'm going to love you, even if that means you don't love me back.
1: I'm going to love you unconditionally. And I
2: learned that from my dad.
1: Wow. Great, great stuff. A lot of nuggets, a lot of nourishment, really, a lot of food for thought, a lot of um, insight, and um, a lot of just openness. Ben, thank you for being really, really open, really vulnerable, and really sharing for others to learn and grow from and that's exactly what we have in mind here and so thank you for taking the time out ben to be with us on the program today man you're so welcome i'm honored amen you have been listening to time to revive
0: thanks for listening to time to revive this show has been brought to you by shine fm and revive ohio more information about this program at shinefmohio.com The Shine FM Podcast Network.